Hi, I'm Gianna Volpe, and thank you for listening to The Heart of the East End on WLIWFM, the show where we get to the heart of any matter at hand with folks from all walks of life on Long Island's only local NPR radio station. We stream online at WLIW.org radio and welcome your comments, questions, and collaborations of all kinds on The Heart of the East End. Dominic Fike leading you into an all-music Y edition of the Heart of the East End here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station recorded live in the WLIWFM studio in Southampton, New York. I'm Gianna Volpe. We've got Bob Dylan, Van Morrison, and the Strokes on deck. But first, our featured local track, Pete Mancini's Why the Building Falls from the Killing the Old Ways record. Hoping that you are all having a beautiful morning and enjoy the show.
Are your poems so dark? Isn't the moon dark too most of the time? And doesn't the white page seem unfinished without the dark stain of alphabets? When God demanded light, he didn't banish darkness. Instead, he invented ebony and crows and that small mole on your left cheekbone. Or did you mean to ask, why are you sad so often? Ask the moon. Ask what it has witnessed. Linda Paston and Bob Dylan on WLIWFM.
why we don't die. In late September, many voices tell you you will die. That leaf says it, that coolness, all of them are right. Our many souls, what can they do about it? Nothing. They're already part of the invisible. Our souls have been longing to go home anyway. It's late, they say. Lock the door. Let's go. The body doesn't agree. It says, we buried a little iron ball under that tree. Let's go get it. Robert Bly and Van Morrison on WLIWFM. Why are you on Facebook? <laughs> Why do you need secondhand friends? Ah, oh, it's a good question. Why do you really care who's trending? Or is there something you're defending? Get a life. Is it that empty and sad? Or are you after something you can't have? You kiss the girls and run away. Now you won't come out to play. Why you want Facebook? Why you want Facebook? Why you want Facebook? Why you want Facebook? Why you on Facebook? Why you on Facebook? Why you on Facebook? Why you on Facebook? Did you miss your 15 minutes of fame? Or do you not have any shame? Or is it some kind of twisted game? Put yourself in the frame. What some people work very hard to attain Or are you looking for a scapegoat to blame Cause you're a failure again Why are you on Facebook? 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 Don't you have 
twist the game to try to put yourself in the frame for what some people work very hard to attain or are you looking for a scapegoat to blame cause you're a failure time and time again why are you on facebook 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 Asking the important questions on today's all-music edition of The Heart, uh, like why was I born, why are you on Facebook, and of course, why are Sundays so depressing, music from all decades and genres, uh, all because of you, the listener, supporter of Long Island's only local NPR radio station. I'm Jenna Volpe, that was Van Morrison, these are The Strokes, and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. And you're listening to WLIWFM NPR Radio.
Why are Sundays so depressing from the strokes uh, pandemic record, the new abnormal of 2020, reaching back almost as far as the last pandemic with Stuart Ross and Joe Sargent? Why do you suppose on WLIWFM? Nobody pets the lion at the zoo. The morning that the world began, the lion growled a growl at man. And I suspect the lion might, if he'd been closer, have tried a bite. I think that's as it ought to be, and not as it was taught to me. I think the lion has a right to growl a growl and bite a bite. And if the lion bothered Adam, he should have growled right back at him. The way to treat a lion right is growl for growl and bite for bite. True, the lion is better fit for biting than for being bit. But if you look him in the eye, you'll find the lion's rather shy. He really wants someone to pet him. The trouble is, his teeth won't let him. He has a heart of gold beneath. But the lion just can't trust his teeth. John Chardy and Johnny Tillotson on WLIWFM. Ooh, 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 ooh. 
say, darling, I have often thought of things we used to do. And now I sit and wonder why you've gone and left me blue. You said you'd never leave me. You said you'd never go. Oh, my darling, why do I love you so? Oh, my darling, why do I love you so? You stroked my hair when you were by my side Or is it because of the tears you cried when your little puppy died? You said you'd never leave me You said you'd never go Oh, my darling, why do I love you so?
Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers on the Y edition of The Heart here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station. Moving forward to Zoe Deschanel and M. Ward's She and Him, Why Do You Let Me Stay Here? Before a four-decade jump back in time to the Beatles, Why Don't We Do It in the Road? I'm Gianna Volpe, and you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM 88.3 on the FM dial throughout eastern Long Island and coastal Connecticut, 96.9 in central and western Suffolk, of course, streaming online to wherever you are at WLIW.org slash radio. little trigger warning before I read this. This does contain um, a story about domestic violence. If you know someone who is in an unhealthy, toxic relationship, please encourage them to reach out to someone. Uh, there is a great local organization called The Retreat out here, uh, and I'm sure lots of others uh, do try to find help if you are able. Uh, why I stayed each time we moved to a new apartment and we did three times. I knew I shouldn't, that I should leave while I had the chance. But each time we moved to a new apartment, we were desperate, had been kicked out or priced out, and we only had one bed, no savings, just friends, some of whom knew that you fractured 
your hand punching through a wall inches from my head, and some of whom were aware that you threw things at me when I said things you didn't like, as if my words were things I threw at you first. It made sense to you. I can't remember the bad things I said. My self-serving memory enraged you, and why not? I always remember the bad things you did. And yes, I do remember everything you threw. A chair over our heads at a bar, Liz was there. A mirror, like a frisbee aimed at my knees. A carton of fried rice that splat on the shade of our only nice lamp. Oil stains patterned it with tiny bugs. Also, you threw me against a wall, but you always said it was because I made you so mad because you loved me so much and didn't want to lose me that you'd lose control instead and later beg me to stay. That if I left you, it meant you would never be loved and I couldn't bear to, to have you think that about either one of us. I wasn't someone who'd let herself be hit. I'd never take that from a man. A man would be a criminal if he did what you did. But you had been hurt, and all that pain and anger needed more time. And I made you so crazy. I was so stubborn and good at mean words. What else were you supposed to do? You liked to raise your fist pretending to hit me and then half smile when I winced or cringed. It was important that you had never actually hit me, never punched me with a closed fist. You'd only grabbed me and choked me and flung me and made dents in the wall next to me and narrowly missed me, but we knew you meant to miss, never truly meant to clobber me on the head with something heavy, something light maybe, like a book I loved. When a woman you love hits you on the head with a book you love, is that love? I was so ashamed and afraid someone would find out about us. Then I was ashamed and afraid people already knew but didn't know what to do. Did I really think this was a secret? Not from the cops we called during two bad fights or from Peggy who let you stay with her rent-free that month I kicked you out. You two had a blast but I couldn't pay the rent on my own, so you moved back in, triumphant. Peggy, still in love with you, and you gloated about how much money you'd saved. Surrounded by friends, whom could I tell? Who, why would I tell anyone who didn't already know us well enough to already know? If everybody, if everyone knew, none of us said so. We talked, all of us, almost constantly, intimately, so how did we keep ourselves so quiet? You and I, together in this, were alone in this, alone among women who loved us, the two of us, never more alone than when together. Brenda Shaughnessy and the Beatles on WLIWFM.
why reason can't overcome an irrational fear. The phobia whispers to me that I am special, his chosen, fondly disheveling my nerves with his fingers. Statistics, he scoffs, are for those without destinies, who are less safe in cars, more likely hit by lightning than to plummet out of the sky in an airplane. Logic, seducing with cool, promiscuous numbers, will exchange me for another, but dread will not leave me. We are soulmates, he said. It says, in, an, in another death, we invented flight. Remember the sun on our backs, the feathers loosening from the sticky wax when the heavens disowned us like two meteors and we shattered the flat mirror of the ocean. Most thoughtful of bridegrooms, on our honeymoon, he holds my fidgety heart as our flight takes off and I weep for love of everyone on the plain, for the earth, a robin's egg in a porcelain cup, because none of them knows they are doomed should I fall asleep. Blink my dry vigilance, get cozy with hope that only the force of my fear is lifting us up. A.E. Stallings and the Grimms featuring Rapton Coey on WLIWFM.
it occurs to me that I didn't say some very important things about um, not only domestic violence, but, but even uh, emotional violence um, or other toxic relationships. Uh, whoever is out there, no matter the circumstances, whether there's money involved or, or other people or, or, or whatever the case, um, please know that uh, your safety, uh, your uh, selfhood you are important and you will find support and help um, if you make the move to uh, find a better situation for yourself. That was the grins. Uh, very strokes-like, right? This is Josh Turner. Why don't we dance? Don't Why don't we just dance? We're moving from the why do to the why don't. I've got Amy Irving and Charles Fleischer's Why Don't You Do Right, the version uh, from who framed Roger Rabbit, Shep and the Limelights on deck after that. If we have any time before the NPR news break at the top of the hour, Elvis Costello and the Imposters after that, and another Josh, Josh Rouse, though that's probably going to be uh, during the part two of the Y edition of the Heart and All Music and Poetry edition of the Morning and Midnight Show, recorded live in the WLIW-FM studio right here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, as mentioned, WLIWFM. Music from all decades and genres. We give you a little bit of everything right here on The Heart.
Four and a half minutes before the NPR news break, leading you into the break with Shep in the Limelights and Elvis Costello and the Imposters. I'm Gianna Volpe, and you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. You're listening to WLIWFM. Give me a chance.
Set out the lungs and fire our flesh Cause sometimes the answer press and listen in I wait through some distant bell to ring Why won't heaven help me? Why won't heaven help me? Why won't heaven help me? Can you help me?
Just Josh Rouse leading us into part two of the Y edition of The Heart here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station. Music from all decades and genres here on The Heart. Uh, We're going to be moving from Why Won't to Why Can't when we play uh, Why Won't You Love Me from Five Seconds of Summer and Rebel Soldiers' Why Can't You Love Me featuring Spawn Breezy. But first, Chester C., Why Won't You Smile?, here on Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM. There's something on the ground. There's a sunshine all around. Don't you want to see it? Is something I can say? Don't make it all okay. Just for a little while, just for a moment, you can 
the embarrassment about being happy. Sometimes I'm as happy as a sleeping dog, and for the same reasons. And for others. Wendell Berry and Five Seconds of Summer on WLIWFM.
Telling me that she loved me for real. I wish I knew all of this from the start, babe. But this is something only time could reveal. I had a feeling that something was going on. Short conversations if you wasn't ignoring calls. She quit to rush me. Then text me that she loved me. Then when she feeling lucky, she gives me the morning calls. So why can't you love me? Before I read this next one, I need to send a special shout out to Mrs. Alimo uh, from Creskill High School, my once upon a time uh, English and creative writing teacher who not only encouraged my writing, but encouraged me to attend the uh, Dodge Poetry Festival, Geraldine Dodge Poetry Festival, in 2004, where I was able to see this next poet speak. It's called Why I Would Rather Be a Painter. For one thing, instead of just sitting in a straight back chair, hunched over a ring of lamplight, I would be standing on a drop cloth surrounded by open cans of paint, every one a well of color. Instead of spending the morning in a corner, I would pace back and forth under a skylight with gliding clouds. I would walk the length of a room that used to be a factory for a company that sold hat bands or neckties or zippers. Instead of putting one word after another like building a train from the locomotive back, I would lay one color next to another, walk around smoking a cigarette before adding some yellow to make a cord. Instead of jigging a pen across a desktop, I would lift a wide brush like a man raising a hammer, reaching for a rope or grasping the ledge of a window so as not to fall to the street below 
and when I was done for the day, I would walk up University Place under the young leafy trees past all the secretaries heading home and the men with their heads down. I would head up to the bar on the corner with a sore right shoulder, my nose cutting through the evening air, my shoes and pants all speckled with orange and blue, red and black, and the palest of yellows. And if you saw my lips moving, I would be talking to myself or to the ghost of one of those women who sat in long rows at their machines, sewing bands into the felt of hats or sewing zippers into trousers, mouths with a hundred silvery teeth, which I would recognize right away as the perfect title for my new painting. Billy Collins and Patsy Cline on WLIWFM. Just to prove his love And my friends say When he's around I'm all he speaks of And he does all the things That you would never 
struggle. If we have not struggled as hard as we can at our strongest, how will we sense the shape of our losses or know what sustains us longest or name what change costs us, saying how strange it is that one sector of the self can step in for another in trouble, how loss activates a latent double, how we can feed as upon nectar, upon need. K. Ryan, and War on WLIWFM.
why we tell stories for Linda Foster. One, because we used to have leaves, and on damp days, our muscles feel a tug, painful now, from when roots pulled us into the ground. And because our children believe they can fly, an instinct retained from when the bones in our arms were shaped like zithers and broke neatly under their feathers. And because before we had lungs, we knew how far it was to the bottom as we floated open-eyed like painted scarves past the scenery of dreams. And because we awakened and learned to speak. Two, we sat by the fire in our caves, and because we were poor, we made up a tale about a treasure mountain that would open only for us. And because we were always defeated, we invented impossible riddles only we could solve. Monsters only we could kill. Women who could love no one else. And because we had survived, sisters and brothers, brother, daughters and sons, we discovered bones that rose from the dark earth and sang as white birds in the trees. Three, because the story of our life becomes our life. Because each of us tells the same story, but tells it differently. And none of us tells it the same way twice. Because grandmothers, looking like spiders, want to enchant the children, and grandfathers need to convince us what happened happened because of them. And though we listen only haphazardly, with one ear, we will begin our story with the word and. Liesl Mueller in Arctic Monkeys on WLIWFM. Why'd you only call me when you're high? 
why we are truly a nation, because we rage inside the old boundaries like a young girl leaving the church, scared of her parents. Because we all dream of saving the shaggy, dung-caked buffalo, shielding the herd with our bodies. Because grief unites us, like the locked antlers of moose who die on their knees in pairs. William Matthews and 49 Winchester on WLIWFM. Trying to find myself from somewhere in Bristol. Figured I'd call you to see how you've been. And after you answered, the talking didn't last too long. You could tell that I'd been drinking again. Why else would I call you? Do you think I'm that stupid? You must think I'm going crazy. Slipped and I hit my head. I've been out honky tonking, telling myself lies. Cause the truth be known, I'd just as soon be dead. I asked to have to live another day with you inside my head. Scrolling through Facebook Probably two weeks later Going back and crying And drinking and reading The words we said Then the big goofy thumb Hit the button where the little phone is My heart sank down low And in a panic this is what I said Why else would I call you Do you think I'm that stupid You must think I'm going crazy Or slip Why poetry, a partial autobiography. How tense it makes me reading poetry, knowing how much I miss, misunderstand, how only some of the words resolve under my eyes into sentences, while others slip by unnoticed, like a note inscribed on a greeting card by an aunt who never knew me well. What I mean is the job is never done. I'm never through, and I'm not made for tasks that linger. Some of me is always considering all the money I owe to banks and credit card companies and the kid who kindly bought me most of my high school lunches because my dad forgot to send me to school with a couple of bucks. Which is, of course, to say reading poetry is a metaphor. Nothing ever finishes. So why did I choose poetry? Maybe because it acknowledges right away what scares me most. How the line breaks before the thought is done. 
how the line is a, a, a partial thing, is the measure, and it's never enough. My college love never did come running back after I sent her the photo, that photocopied pamphlet of heartbroken verses, and my lamentation did not uninjure my son or get me back my job. I woke up panting and confused from the same nightmare over and over through childhood. I can't remember when it stopped. My task was to build with colored blocks atop a floating green island, a kind of little city. This was urgent. There would be no forgiveness if it was not complete. The dream ended with me standing before this hovering shard of land as it hovered away, my job still undone, and I was dropped back into my bed to beg my mother for something she could understand but not give. It's hard now not to see it as a premonition, maybe a preparation for her dying only a few years later. Her life, my life, like all lives, unfinished. And so I came to poetry. Craig Morgan Tiger in Counting Crows on WLIWFM. She's just waiting by the phone Well, I should give a little warning But I need the things I need I'm not proud to need a hand But I just don't understand So why should you come when I call? I never say nothing at all Cause I got nowhere to go So why should you come when I call I never say nothing at all Why do I go when I go It's leaving me Can believe what you believe 
Less than 15 minutes left before the NPR news break at the top of the hour and the end of part two of the Why All Music edition of The Heart right here on Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Bob Marley and the Whalers, the Decemberists, and Wilco leading you into the NPR news break. But first, the lord of Long Island music, Billy Joel, on the heart of the East End.
the Decemberists in my back pocket so I can give you one more poem before I lead you into the NPR news break or well Wilco leads you in with why would you want to live from the being there record of 1996 and the poem is why I'm in awe of the spiral dedicating this one to my grandfather who uh, has a tattoo of a spiral on his chest and I believe when asked about uh, the meaning of life uh, drew a spiral, I believe, for me or told me it had 
a bit to do with one. When in the science museum I arrive at the overview of our galaxy, with its tiny arrow pointing to you are here, which really ought to be we are here, and see that the two to four hundred billion stars of our local cluster are drifting, or chasing, or dreaming after each other in circles within milky circles. I can't help but think of those ancient paintings and rock engravings discovered all over our celestial body, of that one line which begin, begins at whatever point it can, then curls outward or inward toward nothing anyone can define. The oldest shape revered by Aborigine and Celt, by mathematician and engineer and Burning Man reveler alike, and even accorded a place of honor among the mess of thoughts on my desk as a nifty paperclip of copper. But it's already there in the florets of the sunflower, crisscrossing with the precision of a logarithm, and in the pinwheel shape of the nautilus shell, and in the coiling neurons of the cochlea that let us tell Art Tatum from a three-year-old's improvisation. Call it what you will, God's fingerprint, the soul unfolding through time, the passageway into the self, I can't help but admire, even fear, something as mundane as a flush of the toilet when its swirling is a variation on our side reel drift, our existential pain. And then there's that famous falcon, quote, turning and turning in a widening gyre, and quote, a portentous symbol of our own circling into some dread, some pernicious chaos we thought we had just escaped. One town burning a decade behind us, a millennium before that, and into next week, next year, next whenever. And when the two of us took that winding road, an infinity of others had wound bef down before us and would wind down again, our spirits hushed by the crosses and bouquets at each dead man's curve and just burning in the dry heat to touch each other. Wasn't that a wondrous and terrible turning? Thomas Centalella and Wilco on WLI-WFM.
It's all happened to you.